the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. So... There's a guy on CNN, MSNBC named Max Boot. (laughs) Appropriately named Max Boot. He would like to keep his boot on your neck if you are a conservative. He claims he used to be a conservative. I share a birthday with him. I don't share anything else. Uh, This guy tweeted today, I am frightened by the impact on society and politics. If Elon Musk acquires Twitter, the impact on society and politics, if Elon Musk acquires Twitter, he seems to believe that on social media, anything goes. For democracy to survive, we need more content moderation, not less. Um, For democracy, everybody gets a voice. To survive, we need more censorship. Uh, So for our republic to survive, we need what? Uh, Silicon Valley overlords to... uh, Take control of what we can say, when we can say it, how we can say it, where we can say it. I have a question. I've heard uh, that I can get banned from Twitter, and I'm shocked I haven't been yet, for saying that a man is a man and they can't become a woman and nothing you can do can change the DNA that God gave you. I've seen Donald Trump get banned from Twitter for saying that the election was stolen. I've seen the Babylon Bee get banned from Twitter for sarcasm, humor. I've seen James O'Keefe of Project Veritas and Project Veritas banned from Twitter for reporting uh, news that is inconvenient for the left. I've seen the New York Post banned from Twitter for the Hunter Biden laptop story. As for the New York subway shooter, his name is Frank James. Uh, I've also seen YouTube videos of Frank James uh, yelling, screaming, using racial epithets toward whites, toward blacks, toward Jews. He has a YouTube channel. Was he banned from Twitter ever? Was he banned from YouTube ever? The answer would be no, he was not. Now, why is it okay for Frank James to be on social media and say things that are far more incendiary, far more hateful than the Babylon Bee, which can't even make a joke about Rachel Levine being uh, named Man of the Year for being the first uh, four-star female admiral, transgender version. You tell me, Max Boot and others, what is more dangerous to our democracy? Now, I would not have banned Frank James from YouTube. I would let him say whatever he wants to say. I would believe in the marketplace of ideas. And there are people who think that's dangerous, that that stokes hatred and 
division and ratchets up all kinds of things. But let me ask you this about the danger of censorship. And has Frank James been programmed? Now, he's got a long criminal record. But, you know, I hear people saying, wow, what is this guy doing out on the street? He's got a long criminal record. When you look at his criminal record, it's not the kind of criminal record. I mean, you can find thousands, thousands, I'm not exaggerating, thousands of guys with longer criminal records than Frank James, with more heinous crimes than Frank James, who are out on bail. Is that right? But no. I'm just saying, to put him away, well, you'd have to build a lot more prisons than we have now, which I'm fine with. I'm perfectly fine with that. I'm Mr. Consequences for Actions. But I'm not going to bang on the New York City police or the FBI or anybody else for this guy not being in custody. What I'm going to say is it's a lot more problematic to me that people like Donald Trump, the Babylon Bee, James O'Keefe, Project Veritas, New York Post are banned from social media than it is that this guy's on it. Because let this guy out himself on social media. He should have been on some kind of a watch list. But he's allowed to say whatever he wants to say because what he's saying is politically okay. He hates white people. He decried that Katanji Brown Jackson married a white man. Does Clarence Thomas uh, get uh, any criticism for marrying a white woman from the conservative side of the aisle? No. So you tell me which side of the aisle is racist. Okay. So it's uh, amazing to me that... Anybody would think that Elon Musk, who would remove the shackles from Twitter's policing of what voices it likes and what it doesn't like, would be viewed by somebody who has a voice in the media. This Max Boot character is on MSNBC, and he's written for the New—of course he has—written for the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times. That's the triple threat of wokeness right there. I don't want anybody censored. Now, do you have to put up with some stuff that's really awful? Yeah, you do. But it's much better than anybody picking and choosing. Because when somebody's in control of picking and choosing, I don't even want, I wouldn't want Donald Trump to run Twitter. I wouldn't want Sean Hannity to run Twitter. I like the fact that everyone's ideas can be out there in the open for them to be evaluated because they'll either stand up to the scrutiny of the light of day or they won't. As I've said many times, I'm more than welcoming of Joyce Beatty can come in here and sit, Tim Ahrens can come in here and sit, Rich Nathan can come in here and sit, any of the wokester nut job lawyers from the Kerwin Center at Ohio State can come in here and sit, Shannon Harden, city council president, Andrew Ginther, the president, the, the the principal at Hilliard Davidson, the superintendent at Davidson, John Marshhausen from Dublin, who, by the way, created this woke principal at Hilliard Davidson before he took his brand of nonsense over to Dublin. Any of them, come on in. The more, the merrier. Because if I can get you in here and I can get you talking, I'm very confident that my ideas, my justification for my ideas, will make sense and will win people to my 
beliefs. I have no doubt about that. And so that's why I want Elon Musk to buy Twitter. That's why I want him to have control of it. And do I think this will succeed? No, because ultimately I think the only thing that the left likes more than money is power. And if they give Elon Musk the chance to run Twitter as he sees fit, uh, they will give up the power because, you know, the left is running interference for all these things. I've told you about this BLM grift where uh, Patrice Cullors, the head of Black Lives Matter, she not only bought four homes worth more than $3 million, now she's under the gun because the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation purchased an almost $6 million L.A. mansion. When New York Magazine called attention to that in an investigation, does it spark... uh, the New York Attorney General who's going after Donald Trump. Is that person now going after Patrice Cullors? Is George Gascon out in L.A. County, out in, the, out in, in uh, Los Angeles? Is he going after uh, Patrice Cullors for money laundering or anything like that? Is the IRS going after her for not filing the same form that every 501c3 has to file, Form 990, which discloses the finances of charitable organizations? Um None of them are, because, of course, Patrice Cullors has the ultimate privilege. She's an aggrieved black woman. She says the efforts to hold her accountable for not filing her charitable forms is a threat. She feels attacked and scrutinized. (laughs) This kind of insulation from accountability is available only to certain ethnic groups and certain people. And I think that having a platform owned by Elon Musk, by somebody who's committed to free speech, I think would help smoke this kind of nonsense out. Oh, it might also have changed the outcome of the presidential election, by the way, because had the New York Post been able to report the Hunter Biden laptop story, everybody else would have been forced to also react to it. It would have been a top-of-mind news item for the entire nation. And we already know that what is it, just under 20% of the voters who voted for Joe Biden say they had no idea about the Hunter Biden laptop story. And had they known about it, it would have impacted how they voted. So that's why this Musk story is important. Locally, nationally, internationally, it's important on every single level. Every single level. Now, to give you an idea of just how biased reporting is out there, next I'm going to give you details of a Washington examiner report excuse me washington free beacon report where they analyzed the reporting of stories in the media to detect whether there's a racial bias when is race mentioned when is it not mentioned where in the story is it mentioned and where in the story is it hidden i think you'll find those results revealing that's next on the bruce Woolley show So the New York Times used to have a motto, all the news that's fit to print. All the news that's fit to print. Which I have since amended to, given its uh, leftist ideological bent, all the news that fits, we print. The other day when uh, Frank James, 
started shooting on a New York subway train and platform after detonating a smoke bomb. Of course, the city of New York was in an uproar. People were wounded. No one knew what kind of madman might be on the loose. There were undetonated explosive devices. And so you would think, given the gravity of the manhunt in which New York City police and federal authorities were engaged, it would be of utmost importance, all the news that's fit to print. The New York Times would print uh, as accurate a description of Frank James, whose name we didn't know at the time, an ac- an ac- as accurate a description as possible. And yet, uh, in a 2,000-word article on the attack, uh, Frank James' race was not mentioned. <laughs> the same was true yesterday for coverage of his arrest by Reuters and the Washington Post. The closest the Post came was to mention that he had condemned training programs for low-income black youths. So the Washington Free Beacon got to thinking about doing a study on how common is this in our nation's media. So they went back and they researched two years of news accounts of the Chicago Tribune, L.A. Times, New York Times, Philadelphia Inquirer, San Francisco Chronicle, and Minneapolis Star Tribune. Six major papers. They looked at 1,100 articles about homicides from those cities between 2019 and 2021. What do you think they found? They found that the papers downplay the race of non-white offenders, mentioning their race much later in articles than they do for white offenders. The newspapers are also three to four times more likely to mention the offender's race at all if the offender is white. And that disparity grew in the aftermath of George Floyd's death in 2020. Uh, They found a trend, which they deemed alarming, I would deem not surprising, nevertheless alarming, uh, that newspapers routinely omit information from their reports thus presenting readers with a skewed view of what's really going on or who's really committing the crimes. Now, let me just say, this is not an attempt by me to insinuate that uh, or to give gravity to anyone who says that, you know, all you should be inherently suspicious of black people or anything like this. This is solely a commentary on how the news is slanted by the media to forward one idea, and to obscure accurate reporting. What idea are they putting out there? Well, the idea that the Biden administration has put out there, the idea that you have heard over and over and over and over over again, that the existential threat to this country is white, white extremism. Now, white extremism is a threat, but so is black nationalism. The Waukesha killer murdered six people with his car. You know, true confession? I don't even know his name. I'm a conservative talk show host. I don't even know his name. I can't remember it. Why is that? Because I haven't heard it reported over and over and over again. You know whose names I remember? Kyle Rittenhouse, white. Dylan Roof, white. Derek Chauvin, white. 
Why do we remember those names? Well, because what they were accused of is a horrible thing. Rittenhouse not guilty, by the way. But it's because their names and their descriptions, pictures, and everything else are out there in the news all the time. In this analysis by the Washington Free Beacon, half the articles about a white offender mention his race within the first 15% of the article. In articles about black offenders, mentions came overwhelmingly toward the end of the piece. Half of the stories that mentioned a black offender's race did not do so until at least 60% of the way through, and more than 20% saved it until the last fifth of the article. How often was race mentioned at all? Well, a white offender's race was mentioned in roughly one out of every four stories, compared to a black offender's race being mentioned in one of every 17 stories. Okay, so you can say, wait a minute. Well, that's not fair. Chauvin and uh, Rittenhouse and, like, the killers of Ahmed Arbery, those are major, major stories. That skewed the results. Okay, all right, I'll give you that. So will the Washington Free Beacon. If you omit all stories from the survey involving coverage of Rittenhouse, Chauvin, and Ahmad Arbery's killers, if you omit all mention, take those out, the race of white offenders was still mentioned 16% of the cases, two to three times the rate at which black offenders' race was mentioned. Okay? Two to three times the rate. So, this is where we are. The narrative matters. It matters to the people reporting the news. It is their religion. And they need a new religion. Maybe Elon Musk will be the Pope of that religion. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.